Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and as usual, we're grateful to the Lord to come before you and uh, to speak to you, to uh, say, I guess, what the Lord has given us to say, but also to uh, render prayer to God on behalf of his people. We want to say uh, we have been getting some messages from people and uh, have been uh, asked by people to contact them, and we will get with you as soon as we can. Uh, so we just, we're just grateful to the Lord um, for this opportunity to uh, just to be able to minister to you. So just day, depending on how urgent it is, uh, but we we will uh, uh, we will get to you. Amen. All right, so let's open up with a word of prayer, and then we'll go from there and see if what I, what the Lord has to say. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy that you've extended to us on this day. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to wake up today and for um, keeping us safe while we slept. Thank you for giving us a good night's rest, Lord. We thank you for our health and our strength. Thank you for our food. Thank you, Lord, for our clothes, our transportation. Thank you for shelter. Lord, we thank you for peace of mind. And I pray, Lord, that anyone who may be struggling to have peace of mind, that you will let them know that it is available, Lord, that it has been granted to them if their mind is stayed on you. We thank you, Lord, for all of the prodigal sons that will return to you, Lord. And we ask that you will draw people by your spirit, that you will help them, Lord, to get closer to you. I pray, Lord, that you will light a fire under people who have gotten complacent, who have gotten relaxed in their walk with you, Lord. I pray that you will give them, Lord, the fire that they once had to pursue you, Lord, to pursue righteousness, Lord, and a closer relationship with you. I pray for everyone that's struggling with an unbelieving spouse. I ask that you not allow them to get caught up, Lord, in this the things of this world, not allow them to get caught up in a natural war, but help them to fight uh, this war spiritually, Lord, because we know that The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, Lord. And we ask that you will give them what it takes, Lord, to live the life that you've called them to live in front of them, that you will strengthen them in times when they are discouraged, Lord. When they they need that encouragement, God, I ask that you will help them, Lord, and not allow them to be pulled into the things that the enemy want to pull them into for things to remain at the way that they are. Thank you so much, Lord, for your word, for blessing us with your word. And I pray that you will be glorified in our lives. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for praying with us. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians. I didn't know what I was going to be talking about until I prayed, and uh, as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me and let me know this is what you're to talk about, and so this is what we're going to talk about. <laughs> the seventh chapter of the book of First Corinthians, we're going to go over a few things, and uh, I, I just I look forward to uh, sharing with you whatever God wants to speak in this, and I'm sure that it is for someone uh, to be encouraged. You know, we have had uh, so many people contact us, contact this ministry, my wife and I, especially, you know, since we have a, a ministry uh, uh, that is geared uh, for family as well to for family to be restored and marriages to be restored and things like that. And so we've been contacted by so many people, some men and also uh, some women, uh, because they have an unbelieving spouse. Uh, Sometimes that spouse is unbelieving even when they don't realize it. Uh, Sometimes it has been the person who has contacted us who was unbelieving, and and they didn't realize it uh, just to these different situations uh, where uh, two people were living out in the world together, and they got married. Uh, you know, they got they got married in that, you know, in that state. And uh, so, one person after marriage decided to uh, give their lives to the Lord, and the other person wasn't trying to go along with it. And when you think about it, is uh, you know, because people when they get married, they're married to who they. Uh, they marry who that person is when they get married and necessarily don't want to uh, may feel betrayed when you think about it, you know, thinking with a natural mind because they're used to being with the person that they were, quote, unquote, having fun with, going out to parties and clubbing and doing all these worldly things. And so oftentimes uh, that person who did not get saved uh, feels betrayed because that's not what they signed up for. And so, you know, that happens. And then the person who gets saved, they can see that their life is better and that they will be a better spouse to that, that their spouse. Uh, but the other person doesn't see it that way. And especially, of course, when, when now when you have a light that have come into the marriage, it exposes the darkness in the other person. And so that makes them feel a certain type of way. And, and, you know, and so you have to, as a believer, you have to be aware of that. You have to be aware of that, that, that if if you truly are saved and you're living with a spouse or you're with a spouse that is not living for Jesus Christ, then that light on the inside of you that's supposed to be shot convict that person that you're married to if they're not saved. You are a constant reminder to them of where they need to go and how dark of a place they are in at the moment. And so you have to be careful uh, living with them. You have to be careful as a believer 
that you don't go overboard. In other words, you don't beat that person over the head with the Bible or anything like that. That your life, if if you're living a Christian life, your life is enough. You see that your your the word that the word that you're preaching is is in you. You see that it's not with your mouth. You see, and I'm telling you, you can do that. Uh, you can push a person away uh, with your mouth. Uh, you know that now you really have to walk in wisdom. If you're that saved spouse and your spouse is not saved, you really have to pray and ask the Lord for wisdom and how to deal with that and how to deal with them, because you don't want to push people away further away. I should put it that way. You don't want to push them further away through your self righteousness or you thinking you're better than they are. Uh, they again, they already their conscience is already eating them up because your Christian walk is a testimony to them, and it is a constant reminder to them that they are not in the place where they need to be, and they may even know that they need to get to a certain place. But uh, you just have to be careful and walk in wisdom. You see that you have to be careful and walk in wisdom. The father of the prodigal son, when the prodigal son decided to leave, the father, we don't read that the father went after him. The father just waited on him to come. And the the wisdom in that is this, that eventually the world will wear that person out. Eventually that person will get tired of their raggedy life, will get tired of running, and uh, will come, you see that, to the father. And so that's the way you have to be, and you have to stand on that as a believer who may be married to an unbeliever, that, you know, you just pray and ask the Lord to help them to get tired of what it is they're indulging in. Now, that's pretty much what happens to all of us when we come to the Lord. We don't come to him. A lot of times what helps us to come to him, I should say, is we get tired of what the world has to offer. We get tired of you know, going around that same cycle that people go through, trying to find happiness everywhere but in Jesus Christ and realizing that everything else is empty outside of Jesus Christ. And so you have to pray that prayer ask the Lord to help them. You see that? But you be the Christian that God has called you to be. You be uh, the spouse and the help that God has called you to be to that person, especially if you're a wife. Uh, you be that, you see that, not with your mouth, but with your lifestyle. You see that, with your lifestyle. So the seventh chapter of the book of First uh, Corinthians, we're going to start reading at verse. And unto the married I command, yes, not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. Now that, that makes it clear what, what God's law is. And what God says about it, let not the wife depart from her husband, you see. In verse 11, but and if she depart, in other words, if you hard-headed, you just got to go, it tells you, let her remain unmarried. So uh, that, that that's a hint for us as, as, as believers. Uh, let, let not the wife depart from her husband, but uh, just, in think, just in case you think you have the freedom to go find you another boo, uh, you rem- you know that <laughs> the Bible makes it clear you're not to do that. If you depart from your husband, you you are to remain unmarried. And so if if you if you go into a marriage like that, and if you are experiencing some hard times, maybe you're married to the person that 
that is unsafe or whatever, and you feel like you're not being treated right, uh, the Bible says don't depart from your husband, but if you depart, you remain unmarried. Now, so in other words, if you realize you really don't have any options, uh, you wouldn't be so quick to leave. Sometimes people leave because they feel like somebody else would, of course, it's not God's will for the woman to depart from her husband. Now, we're not talking about life and death situations. Um, but I'm telling you, if we just learn to do things the way that God tells us to do them, uh, we, we wouldn't run into so many of the problems that we run into. So it says, verse 11, but, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the wife put away, let not the husband put away his wife. In other words, divorce his wife. Verse 12, but to the rest speak I, not the Lord. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And the woman which hath a her not leave him. So we see, of course, you see that in the Bible, uh, wives didn't divorce their husbands. They may have left, but they didn't divorce. And so this is telling the husband, if you're, if you're married to a woman that's not a believer, but she's pleased to be with you, don't put her away. And it's telling the, the woman, if you're married to an unbelieving husband and he's pleased to dwell with you, don't, don't leave him. Verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband, else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. You see that? So that, that lets you know there how God sees it. You're still drawn together in God's eyes to that person. And please don't don't come to me because people have uh, come to us and ask, well, you know, what if this isn't the one that God had for me? Well, you know, if, you, if once you're married, that's who he had for you. Once you're married, you're there. You know, that that's that's who you is. God don't erase that marriage and negate it because he had somebody else in mind for you. Once, once you have entered into a covenant, God expects you to honor that covenant. You see that? And it says that the unbelieving uh, husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Cover your spouse when you are a believer. You cover your spouse and you're you're, because you're in union with them, they're sanctified. So you can't say, well, my husband is an unbeliever, so this marriage is just cursed. This is telling you the opposite, in fact, that that spouse, that unbelieving spouse, is sanctified because you yourself are a believer. So don't use that as an excuse. Well, you know, how are we going to get anywhere if he's an unbeliever? Bible says that you, if you're truly a believer, you're truly saved, then you, your spouse is sanctified by you. You see that? Your spouse is sanctified by you. All right. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. You see that? Now, this is not, this is this is saying if, if they go, it's not, you don't hold them hostage trying to keep them. You see that? It don't naturally so, I mean. You have now, at the same time, on the other side of it, you don't push them away either. You see that? Because some of you, you try to do that on the slick and fly. You get tired of them and you start acting ugly and nasty with them until they leave. And uh, that's not God's will, especially if you're supposed to be the one that's the believer. Now, don't you be the reason why uh, they're not coming to God. 
You see that? Now, if they come to the Lord, it's going to be because of your conversation. In other words, your conduct. But don't you be the reason why they won't come to God. Don't you be the stumbling block. If you call yourself a believer, you and and they're and they're the unbeliever, then you live the life that Jesus Christ has called you to live. Don't they don't need to see hypocrisy. Uh, they don't need to see you doing things contrary. You live the life that God has called you to live in front of them. And if they see you make a mistake or if you make a mistake or you sin or do whatever, you go to them and ask them for forgiveness. And some of you I understand are too proud to do that. Some of you are too proud to ask an unbeliever, your unbelieving spouse, to forgive you. But I'm telling you, you do not want to be the reason why somebody don't come to the Lord. You see that? If you say you're a Christian, you live like it. Now, until you decide to sell out 100% to God, don't open your mouth and say you're a believer. You just Both of you need prayer, you see. But if you say you're a Christian, then you live it. You see, that, that's what they need to see. And trust me when I tell you, if, if, if you call yourself a Christian and, you, and, that, and that light is exposed in darkness, they're going to be watching you, and they don't expect to see a roller coaster. They don't expect to see you up one week and next week you cussing them out, and then the week after that you in church uh, and you singing praise and worship songs around the house. Trust me when I tell you, they will be watching. And sometimes you are the holdup, you see. Now, that's what God wants you to know. You may be the holdup for your spouse coming to him. So you need to get on your face before the Lord and ask him, Lord, what is it that I'm doing that may be a hindrance to my spouse coming to you? Am I, am I representing you uh, correctly? You see that? And, and, and when the Lord starts speaking to you and he tells you what it is that you've done that's contrary to his word, don't you swallow your pride and you go to that spouse and, and ask them, for forgiveness, you see, because that could break the, the bitterness that that spouse may have towards you. And I'm telling you, the world hates a hypocrite. The world, even the world, hates someone that, that says they're living for God and they're not. The world want to know that God is real. Even when they don't live for him, they want to know that he's real. And they want to know that there is that, that there is a real change that takes place. And if they don't see that change in What hope do they have? You see, what if there's no hope for the real believer, uh, for the believer, those who professing to be Christians, then what hope do they have? What, Where do they have to go when they get tired of living like the devil? You see that? And so that's one of the things you have to realize. If you are a Christian, you live it. You live it. Don't don't play the hypocrite. You live what, you, what this word says you're supposed to be living. And that's how we draw people to the Lord. And that's how you'll... Help your spouse come to him, not through talking that's empty, that talking, you see, that that's empty, but through a holy lifestyle, through your conversation or your conduct. That's how it, it happens. You see, that that's how it happens. So let's read. Let's read verse 15 again. But if the unbeliever depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. But what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? You see that? It is possible for the wife to save the husband. Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? So it is possible for the husband to save the wife. You see that? It is possible. How through your conduct? And you read about that in the third chapter of 1 Peter, 
about conduct through how they through how they act, even through hard times. That you know, if you're saved, you can expect the devil to kick up dust. Do that unbelieving spouse, he's going to turn up the heat and, and try to make things worse than what they were before. Uh, the idea is to break you and to get you to act like they're acting. And if you fall for that, uh, and if you have fell for that, you go and repent not only to the Lord but to that spouse and say, you know what, I shouldn't have said what I said to you. I shouldn't have spoke what I spoke to you. I should not have acted that way. I should not have raised my voice. Will you please forgive me? Because that's not Christ-like. You see that? And, and so if you've done something wrong with that unbelieving spouse, you go and ask for forgiveness. You see that? Go and ask for forgiveness. Don't be too proud to do that because their soul could be at stake. And if you want them to be safe, fall short of the glory of God. You see that? It may take them seeing that, that this, that this is what we do. This is not my character. I'm, you know, I, I, this is the way that I was, but this is not acceptable to Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking you to forgive me for acting, uh, you know, contrary to what the Word says I'm supposed to act. That's the way you handle that. You see that? And, and trust God that he will restore your marriage. Trust God that uh, your spouse will come around, ask God how you can minister to that unbelieving spouse. You see, that? ask him how you can do that. You see, that? and what can be done? And you don't, you don't have to minister to them that, you know, you can mistreat them because you, you come to the Lord or because God has opened your eyes before he opened theirs. Don't think, I'm telling you, that's the quickest thing that will push them away is when they pride in you. That, that's one of the quickest things that, are, that will push them away. They don't want anything to do with your religious uh, self-righteousness and your pride. So don't think that you're better than them. And if you've done anything to make them think that, you go and ask them for forgiveness. I'm telling you, that will break some stuff that you started. You see that? That was contrary to what God's will was concerning saving that spouse. And so God wants you to 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 live the life in front of them. And and he wants you don't don't have a mind of putting them away. I, I I know that it can be hard to be married to someone that's not saved and that's not living for God. But you know, think of it this way. Ask the Lord what is it that he wants to show you about you. Don't always don't put the focus on what that spouse is doing and how much of a heathen they are. Ask God what junk does he want to get out of you that's there. You see that? The idea isn't you and ain't Esther and all the other sisters from the church. No, no, no. See, you you ask the Lord, Lord, what is what junk on the inside of me is it that you want to, to remove? You know, how are you using this situation to help me to grow in you? You see that? And when you get to that place, and, you know, when God reveals that to you, then you'll be better off and you'll know that that, that unbelieving spouse, uh, they're not the only ones that need the Lord. You do, too. You see that? You need to, it's not enough to come to the Lord, but you have to grow in him. And so sometimes the Lord will use that unbelieving spouse to help you to grow as well. 
And that unbelieving spouse may not come to God until you have learned everything that you need to learn, you know, in that situation about you, yourself. You see that? And uh, and, and, and you'll be better for it, and, and you'll see God's power move in. Amen. So we want to say thank you all so much for joining us today. I pray that something was said that has blessed you, and uh, uh, we look forward to hearing your testimonies. And uh, we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you tomorrow. Have a blessed day.